Stephen King once wrote, he said, sooner or later, everything old is new again. And like for vinyl records, I mean, that's absolutely true. here on the essential podcast we enjoy talking about all the topics but we've got something a little fun today we stumbled across an article it's the 30 things they think will be obsolete in 2020 and while we think that's a little bit of a stretch you know we're really close to 2020 here we think some of these are interesting and to consider and we'll probably be gone here within five years so that's going to be the angle that we take and discuss a few of these things we'd love to hear what you think Feel free to share your thoughts with us directly or on Facebook. You can find us there, facebook.com slash Barco Financial. So, Matt, what do you think here? Any of these are dead ringers for being gone? Yeah, you know, it's kind of fun to think about. Uh, and you think about things that have been obsolete now for a while and, and changed in the past. Uh, first two that come up here in the article, and this is by Insider. We'll give them credit for that, of course. Print magazines and newspapers. And Mm -hmm. print magazines, I think, are, mm, I think they'll be around in five years. Newspapers, that's a whole other story here locally. uh, You know, the local newspaper keeps cutting back on what they're delivering. And it's a pretty strong possibility. Most people don't read the newspaper. If they do, a lot of newspapers can't afford to pay writers, so they're going, or, or... so they're letting people go and also cutting back on how much they're printing, where they're delivering to. So I think newspaper is a pretty strong possibility that it's gone in five years. Yeah, I would agree with that. I actually have a few print magazine subscriptions. Some I pay for, some I don't. The ones I pay for, and they're super cheap. So I think it's largely being subsidized by the advertising. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely you know more luxury activity, I guess. So if I'm flying or going to be sitting by a pool i like to grab a magazine sometimes instead of a book because it's kind of plug in read a little bit unplug which is good so i think there's a place for them for the long haul they've got uh, the professional photography and all that going on in the newspaper i agree with you i mean you've got the national newspapers and like the journal stuff like that will probably still be around um, i don't know about the delivery methods those are all changing but i think local newspapers are at the final stretch here the infrequent delivery and a lot has changed so you know i i I agree with you on this i wouldn't be surprised on the newspaper end if they did more of sort of like the alexa reports or in podcast form of going completely digital to where you can listen to it in the car almost like an npr it's funny that one of the things that's stood the test of time is radio and it's actually kind of making a big comeback in podcasts because it comes Mm -hmm. down to time um I think the one thing that that's worth mentioning in the print magazine is, you know, I'm part of Ducks Unlimited, Tommy. It's a local uh, waterfowl conservation group. Mm-hmm. So if you put there, they send out a magazine if you're a member. So I think there's just too many groups like that that end up having sort of like a membership magazine that's going to put them completely out of business. Yeah, I agree. So scrolling down the list here, digital cameras, Tommy. What do you think about that? They're they're talking about being replaced by cell phones. Yeah. So I think there's been a, a massive shift towards the convenience of the, the camera in your pocket. You know, they say the best camera you can have is the one you have with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true. And you know, how we document our lives and take photos 
and you know just think about traditional film to digital camera it totally changed like you had one shot didn't know how if it was good or not as far as like a recreational photo of your family to now taking two three four of the same photo at, at the same time just to have options in case eyes are closed and so there's definitely been a big shift there where this convenience and quality of these photos has made a big difference but I don't think digital cameras are going away, becoming obsolete, maybe as the article states. I think the professionals and the industry will continue to support that. And the best digital cameras and video cameras are still light years ahead of the stuff in our pocket oh, yeah. and, and that is in phones. So I don't think there's any way to completely close that gap, probably ever, just based on size. But Or not in the next five years, for sure. Yeah, knowing what I kind of know, my... my small amount of knowledge with cameras is a lot of it comes mm -hmm. down to the lens now maybe they find a way to put a huge lens on a cell phone camera and it works <laughs> out there's already small ones so they're getting sure. there but i think yeah i think you're right tommy they've been trying to replace digital cameras for quite a while now you go back when we thought sort of the point shoots were going to replace the the uh, big clunky cameras of way back when and Mm -hmm. still not the case today so i, I think that's going to be an uphill battle for them definitely not five years away by you know by our guesses right now but. yeah man i agree completely so let me let me shift gears here go a little even more analog what about paper maps Ooh, that's a tough one <laughs> i gotta mm. five years i'm gonna say no mm. yeah the paper map is much less relied on I would wager that there are a lot of folks that don't even know how to read a paper map these days. Even the way we travel, you know, the next one's standalone GPS devices, so we talk about that at the same time. But, you know, I remember having paper maps and then kind of evolving to MapQuest, and we would print out the turn-by-turn uh, -turn instructions and take those with us instead. <laughs> and they weren't always extremely reliable, so you could always fall back on the paper map. And one of my fond memories as a kid was being the navigator, quote unquote, for my dad in the back seat and reading the paper map, telling him what we were doing. I'm sure he probably already knew, but it was fun, fun way to learn. But I don't really see the need. Unfortunately, technology is available and, and much more reliable and convenient. So Google Maps, all that good stuff. It's the new normal. I'm going to disagree. And I think the thing that's going to keep it going mm. Thing that's going to keep it going, much like the cameras, is sort of the niche hiking community, because I've got a friend that's really into it, and there is actually a national—I forget what it is—I'm I'm, I'll butcher it, but it's basically like the national terrain, whatever the U.S. And they have what is it, topographical maps that you can print off for when you go hiking, and then you laminate them just like you would back in the old days, because devices run out of power, you get lost, GPSs, you got to know how to read them out. So I think that community will keep them alive. Now, I guess maybe the question here is, do I think they're going to be putting roadmaps in gas stations anymore? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And nobody's sitting down drawing that map out. It's done all digitally. And you just said they're printing them out, laminating them and that's all based on a constraint of power for a device or it being damaged. Mm -hmm. or not not having service is an issue in some of these off the grid parks and on hikes and stuff so there are ways around that but we have limitations now with the durability of our electronics and the the power the longevity the battery life so i don't know in 5 years you might be charging your phone every 6 months and 
Could be. Could be. Maybe that's no problem. Well, under the same sort of category here, what about standalone GPS? I think they're going away too. I think, you know, we've, we kind of faced this a few years ago. We were looking at possible car purchase, and it was the first time that it kind of hit me that now, you know, it used to be based on mileage exclusively for me when I would look at a used car, but now it's a technological consideration. So, you know, a new, inexpensive or less expensive vehicle may be much more luxurious and have much more from a convenience standpoint than something five years old just because of technological advances. So GPS is one of those things standard now as a feature either built into the vehicle or more commonly with just plug it in your phone. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's uh, probably something that's going to be on its way out and probably already is. Maybe they'll surprise us, but what do you mm-hmm. think? Uh, you know, it's a tough one for me. Um, I think you're right with the, with the phones, and they're definitely going to be gone from cars. Um, now, I've got a brother-in-law who actually works at Garmin. He likes the number one mm-hmm. location, GPS company, whatever. And they're actually getting into other things, but they do a lot of uh, aviation GPS, and they also do a lot of marine GPS. So I think you're out there, uh, you know, in the bay, and you get too far out and you're lost and mm-hmm. you might need a GPS. So I think, I think five years is probably too early for standalone. I mm-hmm. think you'll probably, and just, you know, knowing how long it takes to cycle through cars, I, I think it'll yeah. be more like 10 years, but I think it's, it's coming. Yeah, that's fair. I think the shelf space in your local electronics retailer for standalone GPSs or, or even a Walmart or something like that. Oh, it's is, minimal now and will be extinct it'll be a something you order online or go to the boat store to get mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it may already be that way <laughs> yeah i know i haven't <laughs> looked i haven't looked for one all right <laughs> you can probably find one at best buy probably have a few to choose from but yeah i wonder what the national transportation um, workers use you know the semi-truck mm-hmm. drivers if they if they have standalone or i've never even been in a cab so that'd be kind of a interesting question Mm-hmm. That, you're right. Because that may drive a lot of the business, too. Very true. Until they go driverless and put all those guys out of work. Oof. I hope not. I hope not. I know. Me, too. That's the buzz. So next one here, I'll lump these together. CDs, DVDs, and, you know, of course, CD or DVD or Blu-ray players. And this is all, of course, in context of streaming, physical form being less convenient, less accessible, and replaced by Netflix or Spotify on the music side or whatever. What do you think about that? CDs, definitely gone. DVD, blue, Blu-ray players. I'd, I'd want to look at the data. I'm a, I'm a data nerd, so <laughs> I'd, I'd have to look at how long it took VHS to phase out, how long it, take, it took you know, tapes to phase out. I, five years, definitely not on Blu-ray. But as technology advances and connections get better and internet speeds get faster i definitely see the same thing nobody wants to have stacks of dvds lying around this is interesting for me i've been looking for an opportunity to bring this up so maybe we could do another podcast on it to dive deeper but i read a book called the revenge of analog it's very fascinating and it looks at some different things like paper notebooks or vinyl records and how 
this intersection of this digital utopia and reality has occurred. And so we got the convenience, you know, we got all the songs on the iPod or the iPhone in our pocket. And then of course now streaming. And that was all this drive, the momentum to achieve this apex of convenience. And then now there's value being placed on the touch, the physical touch and the, the holding and the experience of, you know, listening to an album from beginning to end instead of a hit single, and, and specifically that's, you know, with the music. So a uh, very interesting observation. Stephen King once wrote, he said, sooner or later, everything old is new again. And like for vinyl records, I mean, that's absolutely mm-hmm. true. In yeah, 2016, back. there was $416 million in sales, which was the highest since 1988. And so, you know, I've got a record player on my desk here in the office and have vinyl records on my bookshelf. And But I think with the CD and the VHS tape and some of these mediums that are gone, the 8-track, you know, there were definitely disadvantages. It was, it was the portability and not having to rewind and skipping right to your song and all that. But, you know, there's a lot of quality lost and that the analog recording of music and all that's still superior in a lot of ways. So the vinyl is is trendy but also provides some benefits but it's hard to understand logically sometimes because we're definitely all locked into this technological revolution and it's getting faster and faster so it makes us want to discredit some of these things but to quote stephen king everything old is new again sooner or later (laughs) that's right so maybe our kids or grandkids are digging up blu-ray players and watching movies that way on flat screen tvs or tube tvs or whatever my kids don't, don't don't know what a tube TV is. They saw one, try to figure out what it was one time. So it'd be interesting to look at all this through the lens of the future. But I think the CDs they were born out of a drive for convenience, and I think that's been replaced by streaming. You know, you got to kind of make the same ar- same argument for movies because you can stream in equal or greater quality than a Blu-ray. Or you know, what's the what's the advantage of the Blu-ray? You know, where where does the convenience or the quality advantage? And one of the ones on here is landlines. We can get to that. You know, if you lose power, you can still use your landline. But if you lose power, you're not streaming on your TV. You're not watching a Blu-ray on your TV, but you might still stream on your phone. That's true. So. In five years, <laughs> I think they'll be gone. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. Although it all depends on the user. I had a uh, professor that when he died and they were going through his estate, he was still leasing his phone from AT&T or Bell South or whoever it was. And I don't, I don't know anybody who does that anymore and was surprised to hear that. So, Wow. Yeah, it's all supply and demand, right? That's right. Absolutely. So if there's a demand, even though irrational, there'll be a market for it. Mm-hmm. So... Getting to the uh, sort of timekeepers here, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Analog watches and alarm clocks. I got to go for sure, yes, on the analog watches. They they will be around. And this is coming from somebody who does have both and appreciates both the smartwatch and the digital or and the analog watch. Alarm clocks is questionable. I've ended ended up kind of unplugging mine and hadn't used it in quite some time to actually wake me up just had it there to be able to see the time and mm-hmm. I've got a an Amazon Echo on my nightstand and I charge my phone on my nightstand and that's what I use to wake me up or find out what time it is and I don't know what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I haven't had an alarm clock for 
since I had a phone that had an alarm on it, so I think those are definitely gone. Analog watches, no way. It's too much of a, you know, the, the staple timepiece and sort of classic look. And, you know, mm -hmm. what do they say? You got to wear a, a watch to your interview to show that you care about time. I don't think those are going anywhere anytime soon. Well, I think there was this a small trend for a while after you kind of realize, well, I've got the phone in my pocket and the battery's going to last all day and it's got a, a clock right on the home screen people stop wearing watches a little bit and then i think the smart watch has actually revitalized watches to some extent as far as something you wear on your wrist and again kind of evolves back to the analog and they're reliable and you don't have to charge them and in many cases more durable you know diving i mean all kinds of things if you look mm -hmm. if you look at a watch as a tool then the smart watch has some neat features but it's not as utilitarian as the analog watch and then the status, the class, the appreciation for watchmaking, all the things you kind of mentioned, part of human nature, at least Western culture. Well, let's let's close it up here. We're uh, 20 minutes in, but I want to end on one more. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's get down to paper again. We started with paper, <laughs> we'll end with paper. So reference books, check books, mm -hmm. and getting bills in the mail. Mm, can we add fax machines to that? Might as well. Fax machine, <laughs> gone. 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 Can't believe it's still around. <laughs> Got to get my lien, my title lien release on my car, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, reference books. That'd be like your encyclopedias. Yeah. Are I they still around? In, libra in libraries, but in people's homes? My grandmother sent me my birth year. Mm-hmm she doesn't use them and they're all out of date so i think they're gone yeah i mean i would i would be devil's advocate a little bit from the revenge of analog standpoint like i think there's some nostalgia there um the problem with the so you know that would be more physical books right but mm -hmm. the problem with the reference books is just the constant change in the data that they contain some of the stuff will be true forever some of it will need to be tweaked and changed and modified as time moves forward and we learn more so i think it's difficult to make a case that they will continue to print these reference books mm -hmm. well i think you got to find a case for somebody to want to buy them I mean, right. you can just look it up on the internet too the end user yep no door-to-door -door salesman with the britannica anymore that's right mm -hmm. <laughs> so fax machines gone encyclopedias re reference books largely gone checkbooks we, we both agree on that checkbooks so you ever talk to somebody that says, I hadn't written a check in five years, or maybe That's, you would say that. I, I say that. Yeah. Usually, usually to my mother who's holding up the entire grocery line writing a check. <laughs> <laughs> Even though yeah. a debit card comes out the same way, but she, mm -hmm. she likes to write it out because then it feels like she's spending money. Mm -hmm. Well, this will kind of connect to the paper bills. I mean, so for all of almost all of our business expenses here for our firm, I use paper checks. But personally, it's very rare. Every now and then, there'll be a kid's camp or something enrollment-wise that they don't take debit cards, so it's check or cash, and I'll use the check for a paper trail. Mm -hmm. So I still do use checks. I mean, a box of checks lasts a long time. Yeah, more than it used to. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, when that little reorder slip comes up i'm like yeah i got six months <laughs> you're not you're not getting me to order anything <laughs> so 
But I can see definitely, you know, it's got to be the the convenience is a big factor. Obviously, debit cards and then even Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, all, you know, all these things are super convenient. They're getting more and more reliable. Um, I heard a keynote speaker. He said, you know, basically the, the cycle of technology is that it becomes invisible. And that's when you know that it's almost perfected. So like, you know, electricity, for example, yep. it's close. And so I think we've still got some time. I don't know if five years is enough, but I think paperless, at least in far, as far as checks are concerned, is on the horizon. But, you know, you're a, we were talking about this before. You're a, a big fan of paper bills. So I am. if they're around, it's probably largely helpful for people to take those and tear off the stub and fill out the number and put a check um, in the mail. What do and you they, do? Well, they even let you fill out your card on the paper bill if you want to. Yeah. Um, I refuse unless I always get the paper bill and I refuse to do paperless unless they're going to pay me. I think my uh, car insurance and homeowner's insurance, they'll give you five bucks if you take e-statements. So I'll, I'll get paid to do it, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to willingly because, you know, <laughs> why, why you, know that now? You, you know how I am. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's paying for the paper. And the and the postage. So that means if I'm not doing paperless, I'm paying for the guy who's getting the one. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not. (laughs) You want to get in their pocket a little bit. It's hitting my bottom line either way. So I'm I'm taking it until they get (laughs) until they force me out of it. Uh, The majority of mine are are paper as well, but I do it more for like organization. You know, emails become so cluttered and yeah, true. You know, use a spreadsheet for budgeting and stuff, but. I get the paper bill and a lot of times don't even look at it. I'll just mark the date, look at the due date, mark it, and and I kind of file them in order. So there's an organizational advantage, but some have gotten more convenient to be paperless. Almost got burned on a gas bill. They misread the meter and it was set up on auto pay. And, and uh, fortunately, there was a paper bill that kind of caught our attention like, whoa this is not right. So they were able to obviously fix that and would have fixed it after if you were paying attention and caught it, I'm sure. You can't use the oven to heat your house. Man, we don't even have a gas (laughs) fireplace. That's it. So my gas bill is very, very low. And for it to be in the hundreds of dollars, we knew there was either a leak and we were all at risk of being killed by carbon monoxide or it was misread. So What what do you have a gas fireplace for in Alabama? You know, you can use it for a couple of weeks in February. <laughs> okay. okay. And you could crank the air down on Christmas and have it for, you know, some <laughs> ambiance. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Tommy. Wrap it up. Yeah, it's one of the things we like to talk about is recreation, so this has been fun. So we appreciate you tuning in, and until next time, keep it essential. Thanks for sticking around after the music here. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the Essential Podcast. Just have a quick disclosure for you here. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.